It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, geez, that was a close one on Saturday. My goodness. Geez, you almost lost the Ottawa Senators. I mean, geez, that could have been, you know, the worst thing that could have happened on a Saturday night, right? Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Capitals. I am your host, as always, the insider of the insider, Tyler Kuhl, here for this Monday edition of Locked On Caps, where we talk about a game that happened on Saturday that for about 20 minutes' time, and actually 40 minutes' time, was going to have a much different tone than what ended up happening. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the, the win against the Ottawa Senators on Saturday night, because, my goodness, that could have been... Uh, really bad, really, really bad for the Caps if they were not able to hold on in that one. Or, pardon me, not hold on, psh, come back, my goodness. I, you know, Holding on was implying what the L.A. Rams did last night, my goodness, let me tell you. But we'll get to that. We'll talk about how the Hershey Bears set another world record. That is right, awesome teddy bear toss time. Uh, Zach Fish and them all having a great time up in central Pennsylvania. We'll get to that. And also, we will address what happened in Jacksonville on Saturday night stupid part of hockey that you would think is no longer there, but unfortunately it still is. We'll also talk about the Vegas Golden, Knight ga- Golden Knights game tonight and see how they the Caps match up in that one because certainly a big game, certainly an interesting matchup between two con- interconference teams, but you know what? A game that has a lot of you know real implications for showing where the Caps are against some of the best teams in the league. But first, we had to get through Saturday's game against Ottawa. Now, what did I say on Friday, kids? I said that this is the DJ Smith team that is tough, pesky. The Senators are not an easy team to play against. I'm watching them actually right now as we're recording this when they're playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's a pretty tight game going on right now down in Ohio. But I said that you were going to have to be wary of them. So what do the Caps do? They clearly do not watch this program because they were getting handled by the Ottawa Senators. I know what you're saying. Tyler, the shots, they only had like three shots on goal to the Sens. How could they have been handling them? They were handling the Washington Capitals offense. Now, before all of you start going sideways on what I mean there, I know Johnny Carlson was out of the lineup. I know Nick Jensen was out of the lineup. I know TJ Oshie wasn't there. I get that. Three starting defensemen out of the lineup. Backstrom was still there. Kuznetsov was still there. Ovechkin was still there. Garnet Hathaway's been playing well. He was still there. Tom Wilson was still there. The list goes on and on and on of the everyday regulars that are in the lineup were still there. So when I see that the Capitals for the first, what was it, 15 minutes of the game do not have a shot, do not have a singular puck towards goal, you're right. I have every reason to be disappointed on what the heck is going on because I'm sorry. Like, I love Matt Murray to death, but this was his first start in how long? Because he just came back. He didn't even play in his return to Pittsburgh the other night prior to that. Like, this guy is just coming back and he's having a real up and down season, to say the least. And you know what? His job is pretty easy. We does not have to make a save. And yes, you're right. The Capitals started to turn on in the second period. But the fact of the matter is, Hot Sam Bacho, Thomas Shabbat scores. Early in this game, it's one nothing, And just watching that, it just seemed like the Capitals felt like, given where the Senators were at in the standings, meant this was going to be an easy game. Like, they had never watched a DJ Smith-esque team play 
of how defensively stalwart they are, of how defensively minded they are, excuse me, of how they like to control the other team's offense. And yes, it's been tough for them at times, albeit, but this team is not expected to do well. But when you give them, you know, dare I say no respect, they're going to give your offense no respect. They're going to make sure that they do not let Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, your top guns, get anything going. I mean, my goodness, Alex Ovechkin had to literally will this team back into this game because Zach Sanford, Zach Sanford, of all people, by the way, seventh goal of the season for Zach Sanford. I mean, it was 2 nothing, and I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at Vanacek for any of this stuff. His team was playing horrible. Yeah, the Caps picked it up. I get it. You know, in the second period, got 16 shots on goal, whatever. But seriously, where was the urgency? This should not have been a 2 nothing Senators lead heading into the third period. This should have been a game where the Capitals should have really stated their authority and shown that they are an actually great hockey team. They could have lit the Senators up, but they didn't. Now, once again, credit where credit is due. The Sens played their they played their skill set to a T. They played their strengths almost to a perfect defensive strategy. By almost perfect, I mean about 70% perfect. Ovechkin has to bang one at the side of the goal to kind of get anything going. And then Backstrom then sets up Ovechkin for his 29th of the season. Two goals for Ovi in the third period. And you know what? You're right. It is what the doctor ordered. Everyone's coming back and see, the Capitals got this one. Yeah, because your best players finally came out to play by the third period. Finally started pushing, you know, pushing them around. That's my problem here is the fact that we it took them so long. So when I get to the Vegas Golden Knights game here in a minute, yes, I'm going to have my concerns because the Vegas Golden Knights are a pretty darn good hockey team. No disrespect to our Ottawa Senators fans out there, but there certainly are some holes with them, and there's a reason why they're towards the bottom of the Atlantic Division and the bottom of the Eastern Conference for that matter. Despite them having guys like a Chuck, I love Josh Norris, I think Drake Batherson, someone who's fun to watch. Um, I, I really think if if you give, I mean, the goaltending, I think I thought Anton Forsberg was going to be the starting goaltender this year, just by the way he was kind of had to finish the end of last season. But and of course Thomas Shabbat there and I, I there's there's certainly some I mean Alex Formington I think is another top prospect that's going to make that team better, but that's a team. This is the Senators are a team that's going to be good in the future. The Capitals are supposed to be a good team that is now, and for half the hockey game, just miserable, miserable, miserable to watch on Saturday night. They do get the win thanks to an awful, horrendous, abysmal giveaway by the by the Sens in their own zone. I listen. It's it's easy when you know you're able to get opportunities. Nicholas Backstrom walks in with a great move. I, everyone's like, "Oh, that was that was a crazy play." But Josh Norris, you're the last man back. You gotta make a smarter play than that. But gives it away. Backstrom comes in, beautiful dangle, outweights Matt Murray, goes top shelf from a bad angle, his second of the season. And yes, kids, the Caps win by the skin of their chinny, chin, chins. I don't know how you're, like, ecstatic about that victory. I'm certainly not. I look at that as the fact that you went into overtime with the Senators and had to come back from a two-goal deficit in the third period against the Ottawa Senators. Like, I mentioned the Rams-Bucks game that happened on Sunday. It'd be like if Tom Brady and the Bucks had to come back like that against the Jacksonville Jaguars, except, you know, Brady lost the Rams, but you know what I mean. A great team having to put a, a more assertive effort in against a team that is lesser than them. 
So with that, the Caps get the win. Good for them. They're now 23-10-9. They're now tied. No, pardon me. They're actually one point back of the Carolina Hurricanes after the Pittsburgh Penguins won on Sunday. The Penguins now, guess what, kids? Remember when they were in the rearview mirror? Hey, look, they're way down the highway and picking up speed even more. 57 points. The Pens are now in second. Caps holding on to a wild card spot because when you play like they have been, what do you expect? Hmm? I mean, honestly, it's, it's not good. It ain't pretty. And once again, not, not Vanacek's fault. Thought he played an all right game. Really had to you know, make sure he didn't give up any bad goals, especially when down by two because, my goodness. And, you know, great. Ovechkin's still leading the league in goals. But, hey, as we've seen with Edmonton, doesn't matter if you have two of the top scorers in the league. Guess what? Still a team out of the playoff spot right now. And the Caps are hanging on. But, I mean, there, there is, yes, there is a considerable gap right now because the Detroit Red Wings are the team that is currently sitting ninth in the Eastern Conference with 42 points, and Washington is five points clear of the Boston Bruins, who hold the second wild card spot, even though they're only three points back of the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. Granted, Toronto's only played 38 games so far, so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is this. Once again, I was going to say going into the break, but there is no none anymore. The Capitals need to figure it out and figure it out quick. Their break now is at the end of February, so they have one month to... Try to write this shit before break, or else this is going to be a long February, folks. A long February with some games against teams that, you know what? We just saw Montreal take Colorado to overtime last night, and they had a close game as well against the Vegas Golden Knights as well. Back-to-back points for the Canadians against good teams. What do you think is going to happen when they play Washington later on next month? I mean, sure, things can change by then. The Caps could pick up steam, and Montreal could go back to where they were at the beginning of the season. But listen... If you're going to be playing teams like the Ottawa Senators to overtime, what do you think's going to happen when you play teams like Montreal? I mean, God forbid when I, I don't know when you have to go back against Arizona again. Like this, this is a team that has massive problems, and they need to figure out if we really want to consider them to be a team that can make it out of the first round right now. I know we're saying first round like this team is going to make the playoffs. Thankfully, like I said, there is a gap between the teams that are in a playoff position right now in the East and those that are not. So. We'll try to keep our eyes and ears open for that one. We'll look at the game against the Vegas Golden Knights here in just a moment, guys. But I got to remind you that it is the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. And if you're just about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions as well because it tastes so good that you'll want even more of it because it tastes it's some you know protein bars can be waxy, chalky, or sometimes tastes like a chemical spill. And you know what? They're also the Built Bars that are chocolate-flavored are covered in 100% real chocolate. So even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. So go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Once again, use LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. 
New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. The Vegas Golden Knights. I remember when they were 1-4 and four to start the year and we said to ourselves, See, Marc-Andre Fleury. He needs to be there. He needs to be the guy, the starting goaltender, because Robin Leonard is not going to be able to cut the mustard. Well, you know, that, that, that story has thoroughly changed. Now, whether you can go and say, well, it's because of the fact that the rest of the Pacific Division sucks. Well, I don't think so. The Anaheim Ducks are still a good hockey team, even though they only have 47 points. The LA Kings are starting to come back around. The San Jose Sharks are still plucking there. And you know what? The Calgary Flames have only played 36 games, guys. So let, let's give that team some credit. They're a 583 winning percentage, which would put them second in the division behind the Vegas Golden Knights. So... I'm not going to point the finger and say that the Pacific is weak. It is getting competitive, and at the top of the class are the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, yes, they've kind of stumbled over the last few games. They haven't been perfect, but in, you know we mentioned that game against the Montreal Canadiens the other night, and the thing is, though, also that is their, that's the last time they played. They'll have a little bit of a break and reprieve, so they'll be fresh going into Washington. This is their first of a four-game East Coast trip for the Golden Knights. They'd Lost, I believe, their last three, one, two, three, four. They've lost, they lost their last three games before beating the Canadians on Thursday. So they're trying to get back on the winning side of things. They have lost four, five of their last seven games. So they need to, they're going to be hungry to come up with a win, especially against a good team. Expect to see Robin Leonard net, of course. And you know what? You have guys like Johnny March so still there. You know, William Carlson's been a little bit down, but. How can you look at this Vegas Golden Knights team and not say to yourself, I'm a little spooked. <laughs> I mean, this right now the Caps are prone for a team like the Knights to come in and handle them from start to finish. I mean, how many times this year have we really said that from the beginning of the game to the end that the Caps were, have been handled? Maybe the St. Louis Blues game. But then again, right, that's right. The Caps scored first in that game, so you really can't say that either. Not even the 7-3 loss against the Bruins because, once again, the Caps had a 2-0 lead. This is a matchup where if I am... The Washington Capitals, I'm nervous. We do not know, of course, who's starting. I, I Vanacek started the last couple of games, has played well. I don't want to say that he's played poorly enough to lose out on the starting job, but you know, it's really hard to say that he could be better because, well, once again, you win two games. That really helps. Win back-to-back overtime games really helps. Maybe Sam Sonov gets in there. Uh, we haven't heard, obviously, the status of Nick Jensen and what the severity of his injury is. We might see TJ Oshie come back. If, uh, you know, he's obviously been out for the last couple of games as well. That could be a real nice re-addition to the lineup. But you got to win with, with what's in the room, especially with matchups like this. And on paper, I'm going to say this, on paper, the Capitals are better than the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, and I know it's been you know, three or four years, almost four years now since they met in the finals, but that's still true to this today. You know, this is a team that should beat the Vegas Golden Knights, but the way they play right now, I would give the Vegas Golden Knights a little bit of an advantage here, even if it's at Capital One Arena on home ice, because that's what we saw on Saturday. We saw them at home against the Ottawa Senators, battle of the two nations capitals, and you know what? It looked like the Mays have been playing in Ottawa because Capital One Arena was quieter than anything, and boy, the Senators made sure it kept that way, so... I really expect a better effort out of the Caps because if they don't, it's going to be a long night when they take on the Vegas Golden Knights.
turning things over here to some good news here. Got some good stuff coming out of the Hershey Bears. Now, the Hershey Bears, of course, that we all know have done for the longest time the teddy bear toss. Now, it really makes a lot of sense because, well, the name of the team is a bear. So why not partake in one of the big, I don't say fundraisers, but big special events that teams like to do a teddy bear toss. It's always a fun event. Always brings the most creative sides out of some fans and people that go into attendance there in Hershey. And man, they came out in spades on Saturday night. They set, they originally set the record back in 2019, 45,650 toys that originally beat the record. I believe, or was that not the record that beat the Calgary Hitmen? Calgary Hitmen set it one year for the record, and the Bears took it back because they previously had the record. And then on Saturday, with the fact that the event was not held due to the last two years because of COVID, they did not have it in 2020 because I think it was scheduled in March. I think it was like mid-March they had it. They planned to have it. And then, of course, 2021, with no fans, they were unable to do so. So what did they do? They made sure all the fans came out and said, we've been waiting two years for this stuff. We've been stocking up 52,341 teddy bears fly over the glass. And, man, it was it was a cool, cool event at the Giant Center. And, of course, Zach Fish, who we've had on the show, a friend of the Lockdown Capitals, came out and said, sweet, cuddly mayhem. It's teddy bear toss time. That was his call on the broadcast. When Axel Janssen Falby, talk about him all the time, he scores the goal, of course, showing that, see, I score some big goals because I'll tell you right now, teddy bear toss goals are, they're big. They're very important because there have been games where teams have been, home teams have been shut out on teddy bear toss night. And in a great story there and, um, one story that I always remember, and I always love bringing it up whenever I talk to people about teddy bear tosses, uh, 2006, it would have been, I think December of 06, the 06, 07 season. It was the, the Portland Winterhawks taking on the Tri-City Americans. It was a really good game between two, was it? Oh gosh, now I gotta, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I can't look up the video here. Um, Portland Winterhawks, teddy bear toss. Gotta have where's that video? I gotta look up 2006 one then because obviously I look it up on Google and it comes right up. Teddy Bear Toss 2006. Here we go. And da, 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 make sure I don't have the sound on. Don't want to blast it over anything. They were taking on Vancouver. Sorry, it's Vancouver Giants because they were battling for a playoff spot at the time. And it was in or was yeah it was the 0607 season I believe. And. It was 0-0 going into overtime. Now, don't forget, this was under the old rules where it was 4-on-4. Four four. So there was a chance that this game was going to go scoreless through 60 minutes and then maybe a shootout victory. I don't know how they would have done it if they won in a shootout. But long story short, Kyle Bailey, who is the captain of the Winterhawks, was an innocent-looking rush, like a 2-on-2. Two two. Takes a, like an old-fashioned 1982 slap shot right inside the blue line. Scores the game-winning goal. one nothing overtime. The Bears just go fly in. I forgot who the Winterhawks uh, play-by-play man I was at the time. He's losing his mind because he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I can kind of remember the call a little bit. Like, throw the, like, throw the Bears. Oh, Winterhawks win. Throw the Bears. Like, he's freaking out because, like, that one, there was a moment that everyone thought, oh, my gosh, because I think it was the last minute of overtime, too. Like, there was a chance at that game was going to see no teddy bears. And that would have been super disappointing. But I always remember that story because of how how crazy that would be. Like just 0-0, wanting to win a game because of the importance of it for you know standings particulars, but also scoring a, a overtime winning goal to get the teddy bears thrown. Like 
nothing better than that. That's probably one of my favorite stories. I'd love to like get the the lowdown on that, like the uh, like a thirty for thirty, but not like that. It wouldn't be like a thirty five minute special. It'd be like you know this one night in 06, and and it'd be a cool little thing to to look back on with some of the players that were involved in that game. Uh, we'll take a look at these scores here and. We're going to talk about something that's going to make everyone feel uncomfortable. That's fine by me because we need to talk about it. We need to get uncomfortable, but we'll get to all why that is here in just a moment, guys. But I got to remind you that Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. With a new year, new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to set up and wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So. The. Oh, boy. So Saturday night. Jacksonville's playing the South Carolina Stingray. South Carolina, for those that may not know. They are the ECHL affiliate of the Washington Capitals. And the game was an overtime, close game, um, hard-fought battle between them and the Jacksonville Icemen. I, obviously, I wasn't watching the game. I don't have flow hockey, unfortunately. Um, but the the game was close. It was tight. It was kind of interesting to see uh, how it was going to play out. Jacksonville, I believe, ended up winning in overtime, one nothing, I think. Uh, by the way, the two teams played on Sunday as well. South Carolina beat them up 6-3. Uh, early in overtime, I'm reading this off of um, from ESPN.com, Greg Wyshynski, because I had to get more of the details of exactly what led to the incident. Um, did, 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 when did it all start? It started when... Where is it? Here we go. Justin Capelmaster um, ended up getting ran into by South Carolina's Andrew Chur... Oh, gosh, almighty. Chernut... Chernichwin, 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 Chernichwin. Um, South Carolina hits the Jacksonville goaltender. Skirmish ensues, of course, even though it's overtime. And Jordan Subban, who is the youngest brother of the P.K. Subban, Malcolm Subban trio of brothers, he ends up running and he tries to fight Jacob Panetta because they were in the skirmish together and, you know, they want to fight. You know, it's, it is, let's be honest, it's the ECHL. Fights happen even if it's overtime. It's, it happens, you know. A little bit of a tougher league. And Panetta decides that he's going to make a racial gesture. He, yeah, he does exactly what you think he does, folks. The video is out there because good for P.K. Subban. I know some of you may have your thoughts about P.K. and what have you, but he posted the video, bravely doing so. And it showed the what set Jordan off. Jordan, of course, went after him and deserved and rightfully so. I don't know how anyone is able to keep you know their cool after that. Especially given the fact that what is it? It's been less than a week since we've seen uh, uh, who was it? Um, uh, Boko Amana uh, for the Tucson Roadrunners had a gesture made towards him by Christoph Rabic of the San Jose Barracudas, which got him suspended 30 games by the American Hockey League. Like just less than a week, like I said. And of course, the league acted very appropriately. 
They first, the ECHL said he's suspended indefinitely, and the Jacksonville Iceman, even one better, releasing the player from his contract, not even on the team anymore, to even win the suspension, allegedly, whenever, how long it may be. Even when it ends, he's not going to be playing for the Jacksonville Iceman. I, I don't, I don't. We literally talked about, on last Monday's show, or to me, not last Monday, excuse me, we missed Monday, last Tuesday's show, the first show we did last week, I talked about the problem with youth hockey culture. And this is why I say we need to help educate the youth on proper, a way, a proper way to handle themselves around the rink, on how to act, proper code of conduct. Because then these kids grow up to be older kids, because using the term adult here in, re- in relation to Panetta would be a complete misuse of the term. So when these kids grow up, they know better than to make racial gestures or say, racially hurtful things, or not even racially hurtful, just inappropriate things, disgusting and volatile things, because what's the point? What what good does it for the game? It does nothing. Does it oh it gives you it gives you a statistical advantage, a strategical advantage. Is that what it does? No, it doesn't. It makes you look like a freaking idiot. So when I see this done, I have no problems with Jordan Subban taking displeasure. Jacksonville Iceman, of course, they tweet out, and this is how it kind of came to be. Jacksonville Iceman saying there was a fight at the beginning of overtime period. That's what, you know, that's why there was a slight delay. And Jordan Subban, after the game, went out and tweeted and said, uh, here's what actually happened, kids. And this is why social media is so prevalent, because who knows how much happened prior to the social media age? Not just the fact of the ECHL, American League. What about the NHL? I mean, I don't know the ex- of all the stories and whatnot. I don't know if. If, uh, if Mike Grieg or if Anson Carter or George LaRock want to do anything, would want to reveal anything, if there was anything on that, because I would, boy, oh boy, I would, I would love to hear the stories of how long this has been going on, because people think this happened, this is all of a sudden happening recently, it's only happening now. No, this has been happening for a long time. Unfortunately, it took us to have 280 characters and other social media platforms to be able to reveal what has happened during these games because if not well maybe we don't know you know the fact that we've had two instances now in his career for Boko Imana or Imama and two instances in his career and we wouldn't know about Jordan Subban and of course PK like I said posted the video and I watched the video with the sound on too don't do that at work kids because the Jacksonville Iceman fans if I can even use that term even correctly were Joining in, dropping all the inc- uh, the obscenities you would think of that they would drop, and I even tweeted out and saying like this is the problem as well. Like I, because I heard about the incident, and I heard the testimonies from Jordan Subban, and of course the South Carolina Stingrays put out a statement as well. Um, president of the team was not too happy, from what I remember. Um, Rob Kankinen saying that he was appalled by the incident. He was part. He sent out the release from the Stingrays and the Jacksonville Iceman, of course, saying that they're willing to. Um, abide by the investigation with the league. And then, of course, when they found out that their player was a complete goof and jackass, that they decided to release him. Good for them to try to, if there's any way to right wrong in this scenario, that's it. But the fans in attendance, and I, listen, I know some of you are saying right now, well, Tyler, it's Florida. Down there, it's Florida, it's south. It's 2022. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I burst someone's bubble here? How long? I mean, what year we're in? 
what age we live in now where we thought maybe we could try to become better as a society. But then again, I work in news talk radio and I get phone calls from people all the time. Trust me, it ain't getting any better. Who am I joking? Oh my gosh, it's a complete and utter disarray. It's a complete and utter foolery. And I hope that the, the team tries to find a way to find those people that sat in those seats and tell them to never come back. Because as stupid as Jacob Panetta is, and I hope he never sees the ice in North America. We don't need him. We don't need players like him. I mean, I know that her, you know Harabic's uh, apology to Mama was you know seemed pretty, uh, I don't say fabricated, but pretty f- what you typically see on any apology. But at least there was something from him. We haven't heard anything from Panetta. But the fact of the matter is that people thought to join in and scream that sort of stuff at a player. Like, how can you? I. I and once, and I, I, if I was in attendance, I would yell, I'd have to yell something. Cause there's no place for that. Not just in hockey. In our world, there's no reason for that. Gosh almighty. Like it's, you think it's simple enough. If you're going to judge someone, judge them for a reason. Judge them because, you know, they, I, I don't know. Judge them because they, Missed work for two weeks in a row, but you don't need to scream in like that. Don't judge them just because of the color of their skin, of who they are, of who you perceive them as. Judge them because they've actually done wrong. What did Jordan Subban ever do? Challenge a guy to a fight. It's hockey. It happens. So what are you going to yell when he does that? You're going to yell the N-word? Good for you, you freaking jack wagon. Don't ever come back and don't ever watch another hockey game again. Go watch your stupid Jaguars win one game next season. Watch Trevor Lawrence flush his career down the drain because he's a goofball anyways. Stupid, unbelievably stupid that people are allowed to say that stuff in public in our society today. It is a joke. It is completely unfathomable that people that are willing to pay money to do that to a young man. And I know Jordan's been in, you know playing pro hockey for a year, a few years now, but a young man that just wants to play the game he loves. <sighs> people are unbelievable. This is the reason why I don't like to go out in public. Reason why I don't like to talk to people. Why I don't like to answer phone calls with random numbers. God almighty. People are... I'm done. At Lockdown Caps on Twitter, everybody. Follow me, the Insider of the Insiders, Tyler Kuehl, if you want. We'll be back tomorrow. Vegas and Washington tonight. Capital One Arena. Should be a good game. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Hopefully, you know, people are nicer by tomorrow, but that that's just not going to happen. won't happen forever because, like I said, society as a whole is a dumpster fire and I've accepted it, but it's still unfathomable that this still happens every single time. See you tomorrow, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.